0: Good morning. It's the 3rd of March 2021. Welcome to the news around Uganda. I am Lydia Lakoniero. Let's see what's happening on the international scene. The first batch of the 864,000 COVID-19 vaccine doses are expected in the country on the 5th of March, according to Ministry of Health Officials. They will be launched on March 18th. In the first phase of the vaccination, the Ministry is targeting about 18 million people aged between 18 to 50 years. Health Minister Dr. Jane Ruth Acheng explains who the priority groups will be.
1: All persons eligible for vaccination will be required to provide a national identification card in the case of Ugandan citizens or a passport in the case of non-Ugandans. Government health centres, health centres 3s, 4s, district hospitals, regional referral hospitals, national referral hospitals and government specialised institutions have been designated as vaccination service points in each district and whole city. Eligible persons will access their vaccines from any of these service points. Vaccines will be given to eligible persons eight weeks apart. Acheng warned the public
0: against being complacent after getting vaccinated because they will still stand a high risk
1: of getting infected if they do not follow the SOPs. Vaccination will be voluntary upon signing a consent form and will be free of charge. The vaccine only protects against severe disease and death. If you're vaccinated, then you may not progress to get the severe disease, but you can still get infected depending on what you do your interactions you're going to crowded places and your occupation. that is why we are emphasizing the fact that you need to continue with the sops because the vaccines only protect against severe disease and death but it also protects against the rapid spread in
0: parliament The chairperson of the Legal and Parliamentary Affairs Committee, Jacob Oboth Oboth, has castigated some members of the committee for alleging that he smuggled the clause on the extension of term of office of elected leaders to seven years in the Constitutional Amendment Bill 2019. The committee, in its report on the Constitutional Amendment Bill 2019, recommended that the term of office of elected leaders be increased from five to seven years something that members have been opposing and attacking the committee for. Or both while chairing the committee sitting say that the clause was not smuggled as alleged, saying they only made a recommendation to government after this clause was squashed by the court, yet members of parliament had overwhelmingly supported it during the removal of the age limit in the constitution.
2: Just a recommendation, general policy recommendation, not a proposed amendment. And they, they vulgarized it, they called it, uh, but those are some of the job hazard, uh, hazards. They don't blackmail uh, a dirty person. The blackmail a clean committee like this one.
0: The committee has also extended their consultation with Bank of Uganda to next week after the Deputy Governor, Michael Ati Ego, asked the committee to accord them more time to analyze the bill.
3: Honorable Chair, we got this invite very late on Friday evening. And we have not had sufficient time to prepare comprehensive opinions on this very important topic. So what I have come to do here, Honorable Chair, is to request for a, a bit more time so that we can prepare comprehensive opinions to address the important issues that are contained in this bill. So I'm just begging indulgence, indulgence Honorable Chair.
0: Still on legalities mothers have been cautioned against denying fathers access to their children in case of family breakups, which is contrary to the law. The appeal was made by the State Minister for Youth and Children's Affairs, Florence Nachiwala Chienji, during the launch of the Children's Clinic at the National Children's Authority headquarters in Ntinda. The minister cited Article 59, Clause 4 of the Constitution that gives both parents the right to access their children even after separation, Article 59, Subsection 4 states that the, the two parents have a right to children. Where there is a separation, the children must still access their parents because this is the right given to them uh, through the Constitution that they have the right to information. That is the right to know your father and mother and to love them. It's not about money. It's not about houses and property. But it is about physical presence and 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 the character. So now we have decided that according to that section, that the Father should have access to one of the children. Meanwhile, the executive director for National Children's Authority, Martin Kiza, asked couples with problems report them to the authority for mitigation so as to save the children from all sorts of abuses.
3: We are here ready to ensure that we mitigate and reduce on cases that affect our children, that also possibly affect the parents. But the point here is that we are not making any judgments. We are making referrals and we are urging the community there. If you have any cases pending, please, you must first report the officer of the Minister of State.
0: Who should have the authority to bury a dead man, his wife or his tribesmen? That is the question authorities are grappling with after relatives of city lawyer Bob Kasango yesterday grabbed his coffin from All Saints Cathedral in Kampala and tried to whisk it off to Tororo for burial. Mourners at the funeral service organized by his widow, Nice Bitarabeho Kasango, were preparing for burial in Fort Porto. Kampala Metropolitan Police spokesperson Patrick Onyango on Tuesday confirmed that they had intercepted the truck that had been used to take Kasango's body from All Saints Cathedral.
3: Bob is uh, the born of Tororo. The mother is a musoga from Eastern and he marries a wife from Toro in the West. When he passed on, the wife organized that uh, his burial should take place in Toro which the parents, the relatives of Bob, disagreed with, saying that their son cannot be buried in the in-laws' place. So what they did today, after the church service at All Saints Cathedral in Nakasero, the people from Tororo organized and Grabbed the body, heading to Tororo. They said their son should be buried in Tororo. But the wife immediately notified
0: police who intercepted the body around Namukongo. Kasango was supposed to be buried on Thursday at Gweri in Fort Portal, where he owns a farm. Kasango's in-laws and his eldest son, Samora Paul Kasango, tried to insist, but they were shoved aside by the stronger team from Tororo. They grabbed the coffin and dumped it on a pickup truck before they sped off, insisting they wanted him buried in Tororo and not in Toro. Yesterday, one of the family members, who is also a longtime workmate, Sebastian Orach, told New Vision that in the absence of the will, one of the deceased's elder children, Samora, who is 19 years of age, decided where his father should be buried, and his proposal was supported by the widow, too. But after that decision was reached, the deceased sister, Winnie, fainted. She was rushed to hospital amid tension from the family members. Orach said she had recovered and attended her brother's vigil at his home in Butabika after insisting on being there. Kasango, who died on Saturday at Luzira Prison, over heart-related complications where he had been imprisoned on fraud charges is survived by a widow and three children, including Samora... Steffi Kasango, who is 17 years of age, and Ivana Kasango, 13. The Kasango drama is reminiscent of the 1987 battle in Kenya over the body of celebrated Kenyan lawyer S.M. Othieno. The widow, Virginia Wambui Othieno, a kukuyu woman, wanted him buried on his farm on the outskirts of Nairobi city, but his Luo clan insisted on a burial in the ancestral Nyanza province. After a court trial lasting more than five months, the court ruled in favor of the clan. Let's take a look at what's happening at the Kampala Capital City Authority. The executive director of KCCA, Dorothy Kisaka, has warned law enforcement officers of the authority against mistreating suspects during operations. Kisaka said she has received several reports indicating that some enforcement teams are fond of beating traders, soliciting bribes plus stealing their merchandise, a habit she said must stop here and now. Kisaka made the remarks while briefing her team ahead of the planned operation in the city centre
3: and I'm expecting a greater work. I've seen uh, and heard reports of uh, corruption from our law enforcement officers, reports of mistreatment of people on the streets, reports of beating up people and taking their, their tomatoes and uh, mangoes, of stealing things. I trust it is not any of you, but I've heard those reports. But we don't want to hear such reports anymore. If there are people here who are promoting those kind of acts, we are going to weed them out.
0: Kisaka added that following the just concluded general elections, the city is so disorderly and it's their responsibility to restore sanity.
3: Our middle name is law and order. If you're on the streets and there is no law and order, something is really missing. We can't be proud of ourselves as KCCA law enforcement officers and the city is so disrupted wearing a uniform with pride means you are delivering results with your uniform we need results of law and order every single day i am very proud of you i'm very behind you in what you are doing if there are any things that are going wrong i want to hear them so that we can correct them what we want is results for the people of kampala and for the people of uganda
0: now going east Usuku County Member of Parliament-elect Bosco Okiror... ...has joined the race for Deputy Speaker of the 11th Parliament. Okiror, who was elected on the interim ticket... ...becomes the second legislator in TESO... ...to express interest for the Deputy Speakership. The first was Bukedea woman Member of Parliament, Anita Among. Okiror will have to tassel it out with Jacob or both ...from West Budama South... ...Muhabba Seriko from Kampala Central... Thomas Tayewa from Rohinda North, Robina Ruacojo from Gomba West, Theodore Sechikubo, Luemiaga County, and the State Minister for Finance, David Bahati. The current Deputy Speaker of Parliament, Jacob Olanya, is challenging his boss, Rebecca Kadaga, for the speakership position. The election of the Speaker and Deputy will be the first duty of the new Parliament and is usually presided over by the Chief Justice. Okiro said he is well qualified and ready for the task. In Barara City, the managing director of National Water and Sewerage Corporation engineer Silva Mugisha has decried the rampant theft of water and warned the public against the vice, saying they will be arrested if caught. He noted that the corporation is losing about 30% of the water which is put into the system. Mugisha was speaking at the launch of a reconnection program at Nembarara-based National Water and Sewerage Corporation Station. The program is aimed at bringing back clients who have been disconnected. Mugisha said they are working with police to ensure the vice is eliminated.
2: Yes, we, we, the corporation carried out an analysis and found out that about 10% of its customers are disconnected as a result of either non-payment of bills or as a result of some of the inconveniences they might have had. Now, that's not good for us, that you have customers and 10% of them are disconnected. We put in place a system of talking to those customers, encouraging them, and uh, telling them that, please come back on supply. If there's a bid, we can discuss the way you can pay it in instalments. We are going to waive off reconnection fees and we're going to make it very very easy for these customers to come back to supply. Because we don't connect people to disconnect them. We connect people so that they can continue to be on supply, so that they can improve the hygiene in the houses, so that they can reduce the diseases, waterborne diseases.
0: The manager for the Mbarara branch, Emmanuel Ekanya, said vandalism and theft of meters is the biggest problem in the area. Ekanya challenged customers to guard their meters jealously and be on the lookout
2: for water thieves. The other big challenge we are really facing in Mbara is the water theft, vandalism of our installations, and then theft of meters. Just the other day, thieves went and removed the metallic pipes that take water to Kinoni in mbara district. You know, that's a very, very, very unfortunate. So for a long time, we had no water in Kinoni, parts of Kinoni, because some parts are served by a borehole. But luckily enough, we had some pipes, plastic ones, which we replaced. So our request is, please, the community should help us look out for these thieves. Thieves of meters, remember that that meter, once it is stolen, we shall charge you.
0: In our news from West Nile, Muni University has been praised as an exemplary learning center able to stand up to the old institutions in the country. The commendation was made by Pius Ochan, the vice chancellor and chairperson of Mountains of the Moon University Transition Task Force, which led a team of technical staff to Muni for benchmarking. Ochan said just like Mountains of the Moon University, Muni University started from scratch before transitioning into a fully-fledged public university.
4: We chose Muni University because of the, the relations. Muni started as a next public university from scratch. It went through a similar process, successfully headed a task force. There was not a single building here. So we came in the beginning of the task force, knowing we could learn from hard trade in terms of how the transition has gone. And also, we want to come back because we're also reaching a threshold where the transition task force should migrate to the establishment of the university. And so this is important. Muni University has very special features in the context of the development, very pragmatic, patient, knowing what you want to do from the you see. but I think also it's crucial that it's a university which has never had a single strike. Mount of the Moon university also has never had a strike. So the two have some similarities that we can learn, and so this is a benchmark study. We hope to have many more, but what is crucial is that we've taken so much in terms of consolidating and fine-tuning where we go, and that's why we're here.
0: Professor Christine Dronzoa, the Vice-Chancellor of Muni University, said Muni and Mountains of the Moon Universities have a lot in common.
1: When we were starting the university here,
0: we made a lot of benchmarks and thereafter we also did go for benchmarking for the commencement of uh, Faculty of Agriculture, we benchmarked in uh, Mountains of the Moon because the establishment there is quite strong. Collaboration is one way of strengthening the organizational structures, academic structures, ensuring quality assurance and learning from each other. So what goes well in Mountains of the Moon with all its uniqueness may apply for us, may not apply in its entirety, but there are aspects that we borrow and help to grow our systems here. In 2018, Cabinet approved the takeover of Mountains of the Moon University that has been operating over 15 years as a community-based founded university to be the 10th public university in Uganda. That brings us to the end of the news from around Uganda today. I'm Lidia Lakoanyero. See you tomorrow, same time.